Hello, this is Anthony Day, and welcome to another edition of the Sustainable Futures Show. This week, I'm going to talk to you about the green supply chain and take you through a workshop that I've developed to help your organisation become truly sustainable. We're going to ask, what's the point of a sustainability workshop? And then look at how you position yourself on the supply chain. We'll remind ourselves why sustainability makes business sense and examine financial sensitivity. I have two analytical models. They're on spreadsheets. If you contact me at mail at anthony-day.com, I'll let you have copies. We'll consider what's driving your customers, how your organisation should react, and what you should tell the sales force. Finally, a few words on the circular economy and notes on how to be the strongest link in the supply chain. But before I start, do you remember I spoke last week about the Global Divestment Day? Two days of planned protest against the continued use of fossil fuels. I signed up for my local event, which was to take place at a secret location to be revealed nearer the time. It was never revealed, so I didn't go. According to the organisation's website, a lot of people did, and there were demonstrations right across the world. However, the press didn't take much notice of it. I think it may have been featured on Sky News. Apparently it was reported by Al Jazeera and by the Huddersfield Examiner. But I didn't see it in any of the mainstream press. OK, what's a green supply chain and what's the point of a sustainability workshop? The point of this workshop is to help you deal with the changes and challenges of the near future. Sustainable business is simply about staying in business and staying in profit, whatever happens. But sustainability is much more than environment and climate change. It's about expensive energy, scarce resources, water shortages, population growth, the cost of getting rid of waste, even falling household incomes, unemployment and capital costs. We're concerned with how all these factors impact on businesses and public organisations. There may seem to be little consensus on many of these issues at international levels, but governments have steadily been erecting forests of regulations, investors have been taking a careful interest, and consumers would still prefer to be green, at least if they could afford it. My workshop helps you identify and evaluate the risks and set up a strategy to neutralise them. First, you need to establish your position on the supply chain. ASDA has determined that 95% of its fresh food supplies are at risk from climate change. We're talking about sustainability and the security of your business in the face of challenges and changes in the future. Most of these challenges will not affect your business directly, like ASDA. Most of them will affect some part of your supply chain. Remember, your supply chain runs in two directions, linking you to your suppliers and to your markets. A broken link in either direction can be disaster. A buyer who can't buy or a supplier who can't supply could cripple your business. To establish your position on the supply chain, you need to ask a number of questions like how many suppliers do you have? Do you have redundancy in your supply chain? In other words, multiple suppliers for critical materials or services. How robust is your supply chain upstream? Which supplier failures would have the most immediate effect on your business? And you need to quantify this in terms of the number of customers who'd be affected, the loss of volume, the loss of value, the likely duration of the consequences, and the time needed to recover and restart. 
which supply failures would have the most serious effect, distinguishing the most immediate effect and the most serious effect. And then how robust is your supply chain downstream? Which customer failures would have the most immediate effect on your business? And quantify it again in terms of volume, value, profit, duration, and time needed to replace the business. Which customer failures would have the most serious effect? Again, distinguishing from the most immediate effect. Why it makes business sense to be sustainable? Just to remind ourselves, from a business point of view, sustainability is staying in business and staying in profit. From a wider perspective, it is satisfying present-day needs without prejudicing the opportunities of future generations. It's not about changing the world. At least, there's not a lot the individual or even the individual business can do to change the world. We will only tackle climate change and CO2 emissions and resource depletion and so on if governments take the lead and if governments work internationally with other governments. For the rest of us, sustainability largely means dealing with the consequences. Planning to be ready if raw material prices go up, if there are energy shortages or if the office is flooded, or if these things happen to key suppliers. Whether climate change is man-made or not is completely irrelevant here. Our task is to find out what's likely to happen and to protect our businesses from floods or droughts or forest fires or from power cuts, price increases or material shortages, whatever. If you are in a service business, your supply chain may be short and suppliers easily replaced. The same might apply to your customers. They might see you as easily replaced. You need to be prepared. You need to plan. I've got a sensitivity modelling exercise which demonstrates how small changes can have quite a big effect on the bottom line. As I've said, if you contact me, you can have a copy of the two models. One is a basic and very simple sensitivity model, which you can work through. But there is a much more detailed model, which you'll also get. It runs to nine interlinked worksheets, and you can model your own business on this and see basically where the shoe pinches. Many factors can be changed to improve the bottom line. We'll also examine factors specifically relating to sustainability that can enhance performance. These are all incorporated in the detailed model, but remember things can go down as well as up. The purpose of the model is to identify the factors that will have the biggest effect. What's driving your customers? In my view, the three R's. That's revenue, reputation and regulations. They drive every business, every organisation. Just now, we were talking about how 95% of Asda's fresh food was threatened by climate change. Asda is clearly being driven to protect its revenues by protecting its costs. It is reinforcing its supply chain to cope with the threat of climate change to its fresh foods. And that's just the first step. Many, many other products on their shelves may also be affected by climate change. Matalan has found its reputation under pressure following the collapse of the Rana Plaza garment factory in Bangladesh with over 1,100 fatalities. Ironically, the factory was not a Matalan supplier. ISO 14001, the Environmental Management System Standard, ISO 50001, the Energy Management Standard, and related standards are increasingly demanded by the public sector and major purchases. The body of regulations is also constantly increasing. Revenue, reputation, regulations. Issues like these may not affect your organisation 
yet. Don't forget ESOS, the Energy Savings Opportunity Scheme, which came into force because it is a legal requirement in 2015. You've got till the end of the year to comply if you have more than 250 employees or a £45 million turnover. Mind you, you should have registered by now already. Don't leave it till the last minute. Don't leave your reporting to the last minute. You'll find some information on this in an earlier episode of the Sustainable Futures show. Then there are international indices, the Carbon Disclosure Project and other requirements reaching further and further along the supply chain. More and more suppliers are being asked to implement standards so that their customers can be confident of the quality of supplies. Your customers may ask you to verify the quality of your suppliers' products. They haven't forgotten the horsemeat scandal. And more recently there's been a scare about herbs and spices containing nuts. Horsemeat won't kill you. In some cases nuts will. Okay, so how should your organisation react? You should make a risk assessment, draft a sustainability policy, understand your regulatory obligations, get your colleagues involved and take a clear public position. And if we're getting colleagues involved, what do we tell the sales force? Well, make sure they understand your corporate policy. What industry-specific pressures do your customers face? Which regulations affect your customers? How does your organisation help them meet these obligations? Field sales personnel do not need to be experts in the regulations, but they do need to be aware of them and know how they affect customers. They need to know the standards and practices that your company has adopted and plans to adopt in the future. They need to know how to handle objections. On the one hand, the eco-freak who says, you're not doing enough. And on the other hand, the denialist who says, it's all a waste of time and money. As far as the eco-freak is concerned, tell them what you are doing. Tell them what you're planning to do. And as far as the denialist is concerned, most sustainability measures do save money, do secure the supply chain, and do provide a better deal for your customers. Why will the future be circular? Just a few comments on the circular economy. In the fullness of time, the economy will be circular. And it's not very far off, really. There's a lot of work towards the circular economy. What does it mean? The idea of the circular economy is becoming more and more popular, and the principle is to eliminate or minimise waste to landfill by designing products that can be reused, refurbished, remanufactured, and then finally recycled. This also means that the amount of new materials that we have to mine, extract, or grow will be reduced. And in the face of growing population, increasing expectations and resource scarcity, this could be the only solution. When your customers and suppliers adopt these ideas, you'll have to adapt. The whole pattern of manufacture is likely to change. Think 3D printing. You don't need a factory, you don't need stocks of finished goods, you only need to distribute raw materials. Every product can be unique. The pattern of ownership may change as well. We'll buy services instead of objects. We already lease cars. Why not lease washing machines or computers or other expensive equipment? Constantly serviced, replaced and upgraded whenever necessary. Isn't that a better deal for the consumer? And finally, how can your organisation be the strongest link in the supply chain? There's increasing pressure on corporates to know exactly who their suppliers are and where the suppliers are coming from. 
They're having to rationalise their supply chains to make them easier to control. They want suppliers that are sustainable, reliable, transparent and easy to manage. Quality and prompt delivery are no longer enough on their own. So how does your business measure up? And of course every business is different. Do you publish a corporate sustainability policy? Do you operate sustainable procurement? Have you adopted standards like ISO 14001, 50001 and the rest to demonstrate that you use best practice? Are you recognised for your industry expertise? Can you add value for your clients through in-depth knowledge of policies and regulations, competitive trends and developing techniques? If you answer no to any of the above, how many times can your competitors say yes? I hope this has given you something to think about. And as always, give me a call or drop me an email at mail at anthony-day.com if you'd like to talk further. Email me if you'd like a copy of these sensitivity spreadsheets I mentioned. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening to the Sustainable Futures Show. This is Anthony Day. Till next time. <laughs>